Welcome to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Monday, you will be joining me, Eric Fung, and SG Budget Big Dawn on our weekly segment, Wise and Shine, where we leverage on the latest quirky happenings out there on the internet to answer many of your burning social and personal development questions. Yes, we're all sick and tired of talking about money, so welcome back to Wise and Shine. And then I was at a ceremony and your dad's will go down and put a cap on. I'll never forget that moment when he went down, didn't even give me eye contact, took a cap, just slammed it on my head and walked off. <gasps> I will always remember that moment. If you go deeper, then what's the lesson behind it? The lesson behind it is there's always already a wound there. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to another episode of Wise and Shine. I'm your host, Reggie, aka your Chief Financial Coconut. Hi, Eric here, Mr. Positivity. And Dawn, budget beat. Mm-hmm. And today we are in our new space, right? We are in our, <laughs> we are in our new studio, so uh, if you cannot yet tell, uh, <laughs> the whole backdrop is different. It's very China, right? This is yep. for now, for now. I love it. For now, it's right? so antique. And then the first interview we did was one teacup. Now I see tank teacups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and tea I cup. asked if that tea was drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, this one is for show one. Is it? Yeah. Too many sets already. Everything's for show Very one. cultural, yeah. I feel. Yeah, Strong yeah, yeah, Chinese yeah, culture. Yeah. Just saying, just saying this is our lobby. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, still, it's still getting sorted out, but so far, I think quite nice. Lah, huh? so Love it. You got all your all space. You tuning- yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yes, 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 yes. Thank you for all of you tuning in. Uh, yeah, just welcome to our new space. We have more content here for everybody. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about something um, a bit more interesting lah, because mm. we have Mr. Positive in the in the room, right? Because today, I'm going <laughs> to challenge I'm going to challenge the notion of uh, is it all about positivity right mm. because yeah, you, you want to say something negative emotions <laughs> could be good yeah yeah exactly exactly because I think there's so much talk about being yep. positive you know and, and it, it becomes very motivational and you know like uh, everyone is talking about it like your parents like your Maybe maybe yeah. maybe not the not the parent parents or the, the very old ones, you know, but most of the people in their thirties, forties, fifties, you will hear them talking about it positive. Even the government's talking about it, mm-hmm. right? And there's a general disdain, especially with the rise of mental health. You hear a lot of like positive psychology, you know, which all these kind of things are like fundamentally trying to drive positivity. And then by extension, kind of suppress other things, right? So suppress certain emotions as negative and by extension say that they are bad. Right, but I come from a worldview that all emotions exist for a reason. They are here to signal us, to tell us what to do, and uh, give us a bit more insights as to how we are feeling. Mm. And by extension, you must embrace all facets of emotion to then become a whole individual. That is my viewpoint. So today mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about can negative emotions be good? So yeah, maybe we start with Mr. Positivity. <laughs> is, is that actually like this entire the episode yeah, this, me. Me. Oh, this whole episode yeah. is on you, yeah. right? Because you 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 tell me you want to be Mr. Positive. I want. Well, yeah. I must talk about this. One, yes. Okay, so well, so thank you for yes. the opportunity. Yes, yes. Um, so I belong to. Uh, there was a very, uh, there was a very big phase of my life where I was really all about positivity. Uh, and today we have a word for it, which is called toxic positivity. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I, I, I mean, it's a typical story, right? Right. School days weren't good. I, I was, I was bullied a lot. You know, I, I didn't get the, the recognition I would love to get. And somehow it's a lot easier to not face the reality. Mm. And, and then I was introduced to the motivational scene, right? And I become a motivational junkie. Like I would just go into those rooms, right? Thousands of people having a speaker telling us that, you know, believe in yourself. You are the best, you know? 
and because you don't hear that from the people that you care about, your, your, your parents, your friends will say, but suddenly a stranger said, you're good, you're meant to do big things. It is very addictive and it makes you feel good. Mm. So I was in that, that, that world for many, many years. Yeah. Mm. And man, but today you are also doing a lot of this uh, training, motivation. Yeah. You know, are you still a junkie? In so, that so that was a journey for me. Yes. Um, so I was in there, attending a lot of motivational talks, wanting to be successful. But for years, I wasn't successful. I guess the only successful person is the speaker himself. We, pay, <laughs> we, 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 we pay you hate to get an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and and that and some and my best friend again. Sometimes you just need a best friend to, to shake you up, you know, and mm. tell you the truth and say that I don't see any change in you. Uh. Sing sing ba. Yeah, sing sing ba. Right. <laughs> so and, brutal. Yeah, yeah. I don't see any change in you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no change. You're just like being able to quote nice quotes. Yeah. And every time uh, you you screw up, you just have something nice to say about it, but you don't solve that problem. Mm. Mm. And and she said, "Have you ever thought about it that?" you are the problem because everything that happened, you are the common denominator. Wow. Ouch. Wow. Well, is she coming on set? Like yeah. we should totally... We're not friends yeah, anymore. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I thought that was the wake up call. Mm. And that was when I, I started, started start to look at the dark side and start mm. to realise, I wish I was friends with Reggie, but it was years ago later that I learned that there's no such thing as good or bad. Mm. Right? Emotions are just emotions. Emotions are teachers. And they're there to teach you. It's just that we do not know how to deal with the harder emotions like fear, disgust, guilt, pride. No one taught us how to deal with it. So how do we deal with it? We just bury it. Mm. So eventually, I went, I went for a program to learn how to you know, learn to see those emotions. And that was when I realized that I had a lot of uh, self-worth issues. Mm. Yeah, like I, don't, I don't even love myself. And that's the reason why I seek love everywhere else. That's why I'm in very bad relationships. That's why I keep getting myself in very bad situations. So when I start learning about, um, you know, that disgust with myself and the anger with myself, and I start to deal with it. And that was when I realized that, oh, it all boils back down to me just not having a very good relationship with myself. And so when I started healing, which is why if you can't feel it, you can't heal it, right? So if you feel well, those emotions... Another quote. Yeah, and, and, and ask yourself, why are you trying to teach me? Like, you know, if, if sadness comes to your doorstep, don't just slam the door. Ask like, okay, what do you want to teach me? Mm. And, and you would be able to pick up that lesson. And once the lesson comes and you acknowledge it, the emotion goes away. It's just mm. a vehicle. So that was the training I went through. And then after going through it, then it's when I, I able to enjoy the entire rainbow of emotions. Mm. Yeah, and because of negative emotions, so let's not use the word negative because negative is our judgment of it. So because nice. of some of the more difficult emotions, mm. you start to appreciate the nicer emotions, yes. right? Yes. Um, and so now, I, even though I name myself Mr. Positivity because that's what people yearn for, but in order to be positive, you need to also be able to enjoy the negative because both together then forms the real world. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I use what people want to see as a way to attract but the, the things I teach is exactly what I'm sharing with you, right? Ultimate clickbait. And I think it's a clickbait. Pixar, yeah. right? If yes. you remember the movie. Oh my God. What's yep. the title of that movie again? Which the one? one the on emotions. Ah, oh, the, 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 the blue sadness and the happy... Yes, correct. Wait, and can the someone red, red colour one is the... Yeah. Red and correct. <laughs> okay, I don't remember. Inside Out. Was Inside it? Out. Yes, Inside yeah. Out. Oh so, if we remember yes. that movie, oh, remember yeah. how different emotions take charge at different situations. Yes, yes, and yes. if the situation warranting anger to be in control was not him, uh, but someone else, that's it when... It would be badly managed. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I think and we do need end, to give the, the driving The best memories race. are those that is a mixture. It's exactly. not pure red, pure blue, but it's a mixture. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And oh, it's when the show. emotions are in harmony. Mm-hmm. I think that's a more important thing. You don't shut the door on all of the more difficult or negative ones, but help them to harmonize. Because the whole idea is that if you shut it down, you know, like push, pushing a ball into the water, it bounces back even higher. Yeah. So I guess all... At least my point of view is that if we learn how to deal with those difficult emotions, our life will be a lot more colourful and we'll be a lot more, uh, I think we'll a lot be more whole as a person. So the first step is acknowledging and accepting negative mm. emotions as normal. Yep. Yeah. Instead of trying to push them away, which is what I think the narrative today in social media, it teaches you to ignore them, right? That's a problem. Yeah, yeah, but it's not it's toxic positive. It makes Correct. sense, you know. But if let's say I'm managing people, right? I would, and if I don't know how to teach that, okay, there are two ways of school of thought. Eh? One is that it's very nice for for the leader to just say, look at the positive, and let's not look at the negative. The negative is going to make you see the real world, and it, it, it is not nice, and You're I don't know how to deal me. with it. <laughs> yeah, so so that that's one way of thought. Another way is because we our, we don't know how to teach our guys how to deal with it. So a better thing to do is just don't talk about it. Yeah. But the thing is, we as individuals at least, we need to learn how to deal with it. Yeah. Because these feelings are never going to go away. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, earlier on when you mentioned yeah. about how your whole journey throughout this, you never really knew how to deal with it, how yeah. to manage it and not loving yourself. That is actually part of the generational baggage that we carry in mm. our generation. Because if you really think know. about yeah. it, right? As a parent, I'm feeling it a lot more. Because I realised that when we yell, when we shout, when we get triggered, yeah. right? We say, it's our kids who trigger us. But actually, they're just kids. Mm. They trigger us because we don't know how to manage our emotions. And why do different sets of parents react so differently to the same sort of triggers? Yes, It's because whether or not they know how to manage it. And that's where we have the power to teach the next generation how to manage those. So as a kid, we were never thought that no. it was okay to cry. Yeah. Right? Our parents would say it's weak. Yes, Take yes. yourself up. Cry baby. Hold yeah, off. cry baby. Yeah. Exactly. And they say like, boys should not cry. That's why boys live shorter lives. Because <laughs> they hold all back all their emotions. At least yeah. it's my point of view. And yeah. that's the thing, right? So, if your parents had instead taught you differently, and it's not about blaming yeah. them because their generation probably didn't have access to so much information now as well. But if they had taught you differently, maybe you wouldn't have to go through all that years later on 100%. learning how to deal with so it. So if there's one thing that we can do for our children and do for ourselves is to go for a class to learn about emotional intelligence. Mm. Learning how to recognize, learning how to manage your own emotions. And more importantly, learning to not let people trigger you. Yeah. Because if you think about it, if anybody can trigger you, you are essentially a slave to all of them. Exactly. There's no freedom in that. Link is in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to get a class. Someone no, to teach Yeah, it. someone, someone. Okay, but, but, but I think I think I want to echo Dawn's point about like last generation, right? Because I have heard the you know, lines with the older generation, maybe people in their 60s, 50s, you know, and amongst them, you know, I was like a side person sitting around and then they were saying like, yeah, since I the Ninsing run, uh, a little bit, a little bit feeling this, a uh, little bit, a little bit feeling that. Last time, uh, we are, uh, what, 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 what? We just and, deal, right? Yeah, we just, we just, we just, just tahan. Tahan, uh, what, so, yeah, yeah we, life we, is difficult, so what? Yeah, yeah, like that one. Yeah, yeah, all Boom. the young people today, yeah. right, right, right. No, but then, but then, but then, when I look at them, they got like family problems, uh, they quarrel their wives, uh, you know, they comfort eat, uh, they smoke forever, of things and I'm not blaming them I'm just recognising that a lot of a lot of them are also coping with the situation just in a different way in unhealthy way in yes. a relatively unhealthy yep. way right and, mm. and I think in, in the beauty that we can even put this topic out here today is that you know the tides are changing right people are recognising that you know um, emotions are more well-rounded you know and, and it's, it's not just about 
know, believing or like happy and, and, and all those kind of things, right? So, so once and for all, you hear it today on Wise and Shine that uh, we're we on consensus, right? That, that yep. no emotion is positive or negative. They all serve a certain purpose. Yeah. And it shows you what you need to work on. Mm. Now, I'll give you an example. When I was working out, right, exercising, it was very stressful for me to lift a certain weight. Okay, I was like doing 2.5 kg and I sprained my whole back down. Oh I couldn't God. even sleep and mm. I was out of it for like two months, you know. Mm. So after recovering from that and going back to the regime, it was still very stressed physically and emotionally stressful for me because I kept thinking of that injury. And at the same time, it was very difficult, physically stressful. But the more I did it, the easier it became. And one day, it just magically disappeared. That feeling of stress just disappeared. I was no longer worried about injuring myself because I already knew what not to do in order not to get injured. And the 2.5 kg suddenly became too light. And that mm. was when I told my husband, I need to go to the catalog and buy heavier weights. And then I picked up the 5 kg. Like, oh no, this is so difficult. And then Karen began the journey with a 5 kg weight versus 2.5 kg. So... If we didn't feel that stress, that negative emotion, how would we know? Mm. If we don't feel that pain, and pain is our body telling us, stop, mm. you've crossed the limit, you now need to recover, mm. how would we know? Yeah. If we just suppress the pain and continue doing it, we pay the price later on. I think there's a lot of that kind of learnings that we can work with our body as much as working with our emotions, mm. right? So I think, think let's, how about let's take today to talk a little bit about some of these emotions that people constitute as negative and mm-hmm. kind of break it down to see if what is their value, right? Maybe you start with anger, right? What, what does anger tell you? How do you work with anger such that, you know, uh, it's valuable for you, like it being a good emotion? I think anger implies boundaries because when you're mm. angry at something, it means that someone has stepped into your boundary. And actually, a lot of us do not know our own boundaries and that's why we keep letting everybody uh, uh, push us around, mm. right? So the minute next time you feel anger, Rather than being upset about being angry or letting anger take you over, you become she-hawk or hawk out, right? <laughs> Tell yourself, oh, okay, someone have uh, uh, kind of infringed on my boundary. What's that? What that boundary is? Learn from it and in future, communicate your boundary in advance so that you're not going to get triggered. Yeah. Um, anger can also be about injustice. You feel angry because you think something should be the way it should be, but yet it is not. Mm. And that is your boundary in that sense. Would you call that? That yeah. line, right? Yeah. Which is, this is what we should be doing for people. But when people sidestep that, that's what yeah. triggered. Exactly. Or you think like, you know, the world should be in this model. Mm. But people do things that are not like that. And yet they get rewarded. They don't get punished for it. Mm. You feel angry. Mm. Because like, I'm doing all the right things. Why is he or she doing the wrong thing and not being caught? And then, you know? Mm. Yeah. But right and wrong is a, it's also a moral judgment, right? On, yeah. on the situation. So how then do you... Okay, because I get it that everybody has their own moral structures, mm-hmm. right? That in your worldview, there is something right, there's something wrong. But for me, I come from a view that there's no inherent. That means there's no like flat, like this is right or that is yeah. wrong, right? Everybody has their own texture to it. And sometimes uh, you are put into a situation where you may think that this is right. But the broader community or the broader group or broader society think that this is wrong. Exactly. Right. So then, how do you? How would you manage something like that? I think it's experience, mm. learning how to potentially communicate better. Mm. Sometimes maybe not even talking. Like if you think the persons or the people cannot be convinced otherwise, then just don't waste your breath. Uh. Mm. It's like the Keanu Reeves meme, you know. One, don't never argue with idiots. Mm. Then he goes on to say one plus one equals five. You're right. Mm. <laughs> You're right. But that in itself is also a very uh, privileged way, right? In the sense that you can actually walk out. 
Mm. Like you have the power to walk out. But, but you know, yeah, sometimes, but not, all of, us, not yeah. all of us, sometimes we are stuck in the system, you know, we're stuck at work, you know, like, like we, the, like, the, like, like the work kind of takes all these different other needs of ours. But when it comes to like the company culture, maybe not so good. Some things I don't agree with my boss, I keep getting triggered, you know, and how do I then, how would you no. recommend? So you see, it's very interesting, right? We, we earlier mentioned the context is every emotion is like a messenger, it has a message. And I also believe that the message comes with a gift. So just now since anger, it's about boundaries, then the gift is courage. Mm. That mm. I feel that uh, our way of responding is we respond in anger because we have no courage or we don't have the courage to go and speak up for ourselves, to stand up for ourselves. Or to so, change something. Yeah, to change status quo. And yes, no doubt it's a boss, no, whoever it is, but we gave power away. So that's the lesson, that's the gift, that mm. if we can slowly start to have more courage, and boundary is always like this, you can start with a small thing. So for example, when people ask you, hey, buy me a cup of coffee, but you don't feel like doing it, small step. You know what, hey, um, actually, I, I don't plan to go to Starbucks, it's, not in, it's inconvenient, can you do it yourself? That's a small step to speaking up for yourself. And when you start speaking up for yourself, you realise that anger doesn't need to step in to help you because you have already helped yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's great, you know. You just reminded me of something that happened uh, last year. Mm or maybe one and a half years ago. So I went through this period where mm. I was yelling at my kid all mm. the time. He went through the terrible tools. Um, and we call it the terrible tools. It's not <laughs> them being terrible. Like. It's actually just the kids learning how to deal with the emotion because that's when they start to feel it. And it's their first time feeling such emotion so they don't know how to manage oh. it. And it's our job as parents to help them. However, it was triggering me so much. Like he was annoying me and getting on my nerves and I kept yelling at him. And then I felt so angry for myself after that. I would yell at him and then like, you know, for the rest of the night, I cannot sleep. Because I would be so mad at myself. Why did I have to yell at my poor kid? And then when I see him cry, his face just broke. Because like, you know, his mommy yelled at him. Like, he doesn't understand what he did wrong. And I was like, why couldn't I have been the bigger person? And that went on for like months. Before I finally admitted, but now that you gave a word to it, courage. Maybe it was courage to finally admit that I was in the wrong, that I just hadn't parented well enough. And even though I think like I knew a lot about parenting, I just clearly didn't. And that was what woke me up to go and seek the answers. Today, I still yell at my kids sometimes. It still triggers me. But it has, the good thing is that it's a lot lesser. Because I've learned to recognize the signs. I've learned to be more empathetic in those situations. Like when he yells at me, he beats me. I used to think, wow, beating is bad, you know, and you make me pay, I hit you back. It's a very instinctive <laughs> thing, yep. right? But, but now, I recognize that, you know, when we feel anger, we just feel this, you know, frustration, this ball of energy. And as adults, we can like, you know, take a, a what do you call that? The stress, stress ball, push yeah. it, or like we moderate our emotions in other ways. To, we think calmer thoughts to get rid of those the children don't know so they just lash out not because they want to hurt us but because they can't help themselves mm. and once I recognize that it takes a lot to recognize it, it in the it moment does. though yeah. you know someone hits you and you don't you have to stop your hand because you're like no 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 he's just lashing out he's son. not deliberately yeah. hurting me <laughs> yeah, yeah. but to be able to do that is also a skill mm. and the more I do it I realize I get less angry myself so now when I yell at him I don't get so angry that I cannot sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just mull over it for a while and I think um, I'm angry at myself for having yelled at him again. Mm-hmm. But what can I do better if this situation repeats? Mm-hmm. How can I prolong 
that empathy that I would feel. Yeah, and and I would say actually this is a two part process, right? First part is you feeling the anger, so that's a body signal. Mm. Right? The second part is how you react to that body signal. Yeah. Right. So so actually, if you train yourself over time, you can actually to separate increase. those. Yeah. yeah. You can separate Correct. them. Right. In a sense, okay, I'm feeling angry. Like why? Right. Maybe this person has crossed my boundary. I do come from that camp that so when someone crosses your boundary and make you feel unsafe, right? Actually, for all sorts of reason, they can make yeah. you feel unsafe. They mm. they're challenging a worldview. You know, they are challenging your worth they are stepping on your boundary once you feel unsafe anger comes in right? and you feel it right? because you want to defend yourself right? that's how I, how I look at it but how I then react to the situation that is a step two and then I can decide on my level why do I want to want to uh, take this down a different path right? mm. and then I want to echo the part about drawing boundaries because mm. uh, very interesting yeah. you know if, if you always do it and, and then suddenly you don't do something let's say you always buy coffee for yeah. your friend and then one yeah. day you don't buy coffee say, hey why you like that one oh. you know like why you don't buy coffee they're not feeling well uh, huh? you know, but, but I'm the kind that I don't do it I, I just don't do it. And after a while, people be like, yeah, he's like that Then one. why you ask me to get coffee like, for no, you just no, no. now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Woo! Sideways! No, no, but, but the, the idea here is if you're consistent, people take it as this, this is the person. This, this is norm. Yeah, yeah, this norm. This is how it is. He's, he's like that. Right? That's so, why I think he said it. It takes mm. courage to show that yeah, that is not to the To build norm. that boundary, Correct. It's, mm. it's, it's difficult. Is, uh, Especially in a world where, you know, uh, for the longest time, I, th- I think, okay, I think we come from a position where a lot of us maybe come from more peasant working class family, you know, and your par- our parents work in such an environment where it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, be okay, agreeable, okay, agreeable, be nice, be nice yeah. we do that. You know, because I met a lot of people that come from like ruling class family, like, like atas, you know, businessman yeah. family, right? No, they're not like that one. To them, no means no. No need to mm. share one. You want, I buy one more for you. Right, so they have a very different worldview based on where they come from and their thought processes. Mm. So I do think a lot of the people that come from working class family or peasant families um, do struggle with this, especially when you want to break further. Mm. You know, because if you're okay with it, then you continue to kind of be in this group. It's okay, right? But if you want to break further, you want to take control, you want to expand a little bit, or you move into higher management, right? And you have to start to be a little bit more, you know, flexing of what your ideas are, you know, what you're trying to do here. Because now you're expected to lead, you're not just expected to follow. And then uh, some of these ideas have to go. And one of the ideas that I think needs to happen is to draw boundaries. And, mm. and, and just like you mentioned about, you know, uh, we, our tendency is to suppress, right? Or, uh, or we try, yeah, basically suppression. Um, which is why sometimes you see <clears throat> parents, bosses, or human beings suddenly lashed out on you yeah. and you thought yeah. he or she is crazy. It's not. It's just that it's the, the last straw that it you know exploded. breaks the, the back. Yeah. So one of the things, so number one, I, I like it that never ever judge anger as a bad thing. Understand that it's a lesson, but you have to also learn to dispel it, learn to express it. Mm. So you can talk to someone uh, uh, who is willing to give you the environment, the space, a safe environment to express. Uh, a lot, do your journaling uh, so that it, the anger doesn't become a physical reaction. Mm. Mm. Then I think everybody will be safe around you. Yeah. But aside from anger, what's another negative yeah, emotion? Yeah, exactly, right? Oh. So, so what? Maybe, maybe envy. Do you think? I think people think envy is a is a negative emotion. Maybe jealousy. Oh, jealousy, envy, jealousy, disgust, envy, yeah, all these things. I think that's a very clear cut one, mm. right? Because when you feel jealous or envious of someone or something, it just means you want something that exactly. you don't have. Exactly. So yes. once you recognize that, don't hate the person yeah, for having I will it. Ask the person why you have it, how you get it. Yeah, I want exactly. That thing. Ask how did you get it, and yes. then work on it to get yes. there. Yes. Yeah. Mindset loss. 
scarcity mindset. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, and, and, and it leads to a lot of pegro behavior, like mm. passive aggressive. It's like, yeah. oh, come on, like that one, no, the person don't know do what, one, no, sleep with who, or what. You know that kind of stuff? <laughs> right? Just yeah, exactly. Oh my God, so there's always that kind of thing. But but I, I do think like envy is a, is a great signal to tell us that actually we want this. Yeah. It's one of my best um, motivating factors actually. Mm. Whenever I find myself envying someone, I'll look back in uh, reflect and then think, what is it exactly about them or their life yes, that, that I like? Want, that How can I get it? Yes. And if I don't have access to that person, because not everyone will tell you their secret, or yeah. some people are just not accessible because like there's some high up celebrity or some politician, mm. you know, then what we can do is try to find clues in things that they post or in different parts of their life mm-hmm. that may have helped them to mm-hmm. get there. Or we can get them on the show. <laughs> yeah, and, and then learn from them. <laughs> so yes, it's very yes. good, huh? If you look at it that way, then you don't hate yourself for being jealous or envious. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, a very... And you yeah. know, the problem with envy and jealous is we don't take action. So we continue to be envious and yeah. jealous yeah. and it becomes a negative cycle, right? Yes. It's like people who just keep thinking, yeah, he or she has it good because he's born in a rich family. La. Mm. Or yeah, he or she can hustle because the family rich. Ma. That's why I can yeah. go and do this and job. And when you do that, you're cursing yourself. Exactly. Because you have just limited yourself to achieving it. That's why you say like, you, you see someone is rich and then you're like, you envy the person and you hate the person. And if you, you your body, by the way, uh, psychologically, your body, your being will never let you be the person that you hate. Mm. No, but, but I think the precursor has basis. When people say that, right? Oh, mm. they can do this because the family is wealthy. Yeah, that is a precursor, right? And, and I think that point of view is valid. Mm. You know, the, the, the challenge comes when you just sink in that point of view and then you don't do anything. Yeah. Exactly, you don't Correct. take action. Right? So, but, but now that you recognize that it's because the person is wealthy, that's why they can, you know, open a cafe and Kelka every day, right? And then not a lot of people come, it's fine. Then the pursuit will be to accumulate that wealth yes. such that you can then a lot more constructive things, right? yeah. yeah. so it's a lot more constructive than just kind of drowning in, in, in all those kind of uh, yeah. envy and, and the key thing is don't, don't hate it because mm. envy the next neighbouring emotion BIFF is mm. hate because mm. I envy I can't have it so I must hate it so that it justifies me not having it mm. it's the green colour one in the movie right and I think it's also <laughs> is, like is it the because we always say green bad. with envy ma, right oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah that's why and it don't be so blue it's just sadness ma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. why his face so red that's why anger uh, ma, right uh, uh, I guess that's how, it, how let's, it talk, talk, let's talk a little bit about sadness oh, like, like sadness is the one in the room right because it's like the thing about sadness is it doesn't project on others no Right, so so sadness rarely projects on others. It's right, it's very inward. Right, whereas ang- mm. a lot of people talk about anger because like outward. it's outward. So so I feel being I feel like I'm attacked. So people always talk about Defend. anger as a defensive mechanism. Say, like, hey, why are you so angry? You know, so so that so then there's there's quite a lot of text and coverage around around anger and trying to manage it. But sadness is one of those things that, especially in a society where you just gotta buckle up right now and then you just hustle your way through, sadness is not really uh, discussed. You know, mm. but but what what is what is sadness? How, how does sadness work for you? Like, how does it? How is it good in your view? I can think of one time in my life. Um, mm. When I broke up, obviously, uh, with my first uh, serious boyfriend, I was very, very sad for a long time uh, after we broke up. What it taught me was that I wanted someone who didn't have certain characteristics. And later on in my subsequent relationships, I would look out for that more so than other characteristics. Mm. I don't know if that would be what uh, that nurse helped me to realise mm. because, I mean, if I wasn't sad... I was happy about the breakup, then I probably wouldn't have discovered that. Yes. And and that's the part that uh, I think I, I do have an answer for this, right? In, in my worldview, sadness is the energy to use a fine comb to look within. Okay? Because it takes a lot of energy 
to, to try to focus and look within. Right? It's just like it takes a lot of energy to do anything if you want to focus. So sadness is the energy to help you focus within. And grief is just the extension of that sadness. It gets to another level, you grieve. Right? So when I'm sad, my head is just replaying the saga. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? So I'm fine-combing through all the, all the happenings. And in that process of fine-combing, I can pick up a lot more ideas, a lot more insights as to why am I feeling this way? What can I do better? You know, what are, what are some things that are circumstantial that you know, no matter how I adjust, it, it doesn't change the circumstance, right? So when I look at it that way, sadness is just the ability, it's the energy that gives you that ability and gets you into the context to look within. Mm. Right? Because it takes a lot, it takes a lot to like comb and look through this whole thing and, and you must be sad to do that. No other emotion gives you that basis to do that. Happiness, when you're happy, you don't care about it. Right? Anger, you will, you will blame others. You won't look at yourself. Envy, you know, is this feeling of like lack, right? You try to copy the other person or you just hate on them. But sadness is that energy yeah. that keeps you in. And then you think, ding, 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 ding. And then you keep looking at it. Sometimes you do drown in that sadness because you kind of draw ideas from this saga that it's not helpful to move forward. Mm. But if you learn to work with sadness, then you realize that is this, it helps you pull out all this information within the saga of what's happening. And then how do you like, reframe or like, put it together so that you can move forward? I was trying to think back where was the last memory I had which I was like Yeah, Mr. Positivity When were you last sad? I'm struggling because I'm like thinking so I I thought that okay, I'm sure I do cry in movies and all that but that aside But that's not sad Yeah, that that aside I think there was one very clear memory I had was during army Remember after uh, after army? um, Almost a different batch (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please continue I remember on the last day of army, right you you graduate by walking uh, 50 kilometers or 70 kilometers I forgot how much Wait, are you in the command? Uh, no, it's suspect. So suspect, sergeants, okay, right? Sergeants. So we have to walk that, that thing. But I suffered in army because I'm not a physically strong person. Like you want to do well in army, at least during my time, if you're physically strong, you can do five, ten pull-ups. You can wake up early and you can run miles. Uh, you will do generally very well. But I was physically weak. Uh, I cannot do any pull-ups. So army was suffering for me. Mm. And I remember crying a lot. Uh, uh, every time I call home, I'll, I'll cry. I say I, I I don't like this place. I'm not comfortable. And my mom will, will try to like make me feel better. But my dad gets increasingly upset with me uh, to the extent that uh, he would just scold me and say, "Don't be a, a kunyang," you know. And that was very upsetting and very sad. And then I remembered. Uh, I told myself, "Okay, I, I don't. Want, I, you know, all of us want to make our dad proud, right? I don't think that any. Okay, at least me. I want to make my dad proud. Uh, and even my mom gave up on me. Uh, she gave uh, because she have lost all her patience with me. Say, boy, I also don't know what to say to you already. I really got mm. man up. Such words, you know, man up, gunyang, all this kind of thing. Then um, I remembered. I told myself, I must make it at the um, at the that seventy two kilometers because I know I'm not good with stamina. So I really." You know, guilt myself out. And I did it. And then I was at a ceremony and your dad's will go down and put a cap on. I'll never forget that moment when he went down, didn't even give me eye contact, took a cap, just slammed it on my head and walked off. <gasps> I will always remember that moment. Yeah, and I'm that feeling made this you very emotion, sad. I feel sad. I feel heartbroken. Because your efforts and your achievement were not Which is, acknowledged. Yes, and if you go deeper, then what's the lesson behind it? The lesson behind it is there's always already a wound there. There's always that inadequacy there and you are sad because that person kind of reminded you about that. So I think sadness, it's an inward journey to help you look at your inadequacies that uh, doesn't matter why they were there, but they are there and it gives you an opportunity to heal. Mm. 
Yeah, so it was a very long process for me. I didn't have a very good relationship with my dad, but I remember going through a process where I was reminded of that memory and I cried. And, and, um, and I tell you, tears, crying is such a taboo again during my time, right? Like, boys don't cry. So I joked just now that that's why boys die early. Uh, ask you a question. When you see your friend cry, what's the most immediate thing you take up? I'll just give that friend a hug. Okay, that's nice. Uh, uh, you, if you see someone cry, what you do? Are you okay? Like, uh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I noticed myself back then when I see someone cry, immediately I take tissue paper. Uh, uh. And you give it, and tissue paper oh, is, is a, stop it's an emotional crying. plug, it's a butt plug, it's bad. Right, because we some, don't some argue. Some emotions. argue, but plug is not bad, We don't go there. We are PG thirteen. So, like, because that sadness is so hard to deal with. Because your sadness forces me to look at my sadness, forces me to look at the things I'm unhappy and my wounds. I don't want that. So I give to give you a tissue, make you not cry, and hug you or whatever, so that you stop crying. That's generally how we deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah, don't cry lah. It's cry. okay. Yes, yes, it's yes. not okay, and you mm. should not tell a person that it's yeah, okay, yeah. right? I mean, these days I tell people grief, grief well. Yeah, cry. Like yeah. cry hard. Yeah. But give them space. Yeah, give them space to cry and, and tell them it's okay to cry. Cry. Let it out. But importantly, is what were you crying about? That is a very important question. What were you mm. crying about? Because when you ask that question, what are you crying about? Not why are you crying. Or just what are you crying about? Then the lesson appears. So mm. I'm crying about how. You know, I, I, am, I make my dad, you know, not like me. Uh, I, I cry about how I cannot live up to my dad's standard because I want my dad to be proud of me. You know what's my healing process? When I went to my dad, I told my dad about that situation and I, I said I, I felt I'm useless. He said, no, I'm just sad that, you know, you're like that. I don't want you to suffer. That, that I'm proud of you. The minute he said that, that wound healed. You were able to heal. And then my relationship with my dad got restored. So I think sadness uh, is an inward journey, exactly what Reggie said, to help us look at some of the wounds that were not healed and to give us an opportunity to go heal those wounds. I want to raise another interesting perspective yeah. that you brought up. When was the last time all of you guys, not just both of you, but even the listeners, when was the last time you truly felt sad? Second question then. Do you realise you feel sad more as a child in your younger years versus when you're older? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we cry more when we were a kid, right? Yeah, and why okay so? Sad, right? Why is it that children feel sad more and that just kind of disappeared as we went along? Was it because we suppressed it? Yeah, exactly. We, really? You thought it was okay to be I, sad, I, so we are I sad. I think there's one view of that, yeah. but I also think the other view is that as you grow older, you you have, you have recognise that you have abilities to change the situation. That's what I was driving at. Yes, yeah, oh. so you have more control over it. Yes, and, with, and you when you have, as you earn and gain that control with mm. age, mm. you then put yourself in situations whereby you can exercise that control yes. so you don't feel sad. Yes. It's yes. like, when you feel sad after a bad breakup, you put yourself in situations so that you don't have to go through such toxic relationships mm. and hence breakups anymore. Yeah. Ah, but that's where the distinction comes in. Like, I had a bad breakup, I'm going to eat lots of chocolate to make myself feel better, right? But, the, the, but, if, but that's not looking into sadness. That's just helping to feel a little bit that's better. That's just dealing with the symptom and not the, the symptoms, root exactly. cause. The, yeah. So that's why I feel that if... So you are sad about your breakup. There is a reason, right? Maybe... I do not, I'm not you, so I do not know. Maybe it's that he rejected a part of you that you yourself also rejected that you did not accept. Mm. And it, remind, it forces you to have to look at what's the parts that you have not accept. Yeah. And that journey itself is a healing journey. And if we actually go through it, and it will come up a little bit more whole and anyway we attract what we are right mm. and then we start to attract a better relationship yeah mm -hmm. and to be clear as a lifelong comfort eater <laughs> <as> a, <laughs> you know speaking from a lifelong comfort yes. eater 
I I recognize that it is merely a tool to help me feel a little okay. bit better at that point in time, but they don't they can coexist. That means I can cope and at the same time take it as a signal that something is happening exactly. and then solve it, mm. right? And instead of judging yourself because you're coping, yes, right. Good so point. because that just makes it even even more complicated, right? Mm. But we also I also recognize that prolonged coping will then lead to other effects. Right, whether is it you are a comfort eater, you drink, you smoke, you go to the gym or whatever, you know, or because people are addicted. And I, I believe addiction um, comes from many different uh, many different ways, but all from the same root. Mm. Right. So if you judge yourself for that addiction to help you feel better, it just makes the com- makes the situation more complicated. Mm. Right. But that is a whole different discussion altogether. I have, so there are when it comes to sadness, right? I realize there are two types that we can't really do much about. The first is as a parent, um, when your kid makes you feel very sad. Yeah. And sometimes it's, it's, you just have to live and deal with it. I'll give you an example. Yes, when I sent my kid to preschool, separation anxiety, he was so heartbroken. And it took him two months before he stopped crying. Everyone around me was saying, oh, your kid will get used to it after two weeks. No, man. Two months later, he was still crying. I still have those photos in my phone. Once in a while, I look back. Looking at his teary face that his teacher sent me during that stage still makes me very sad now. And I remember my husband said this very illuminating statement to me then. So what you want to do about it? Mm. And then I answered him, there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. What do you want me to do? Take him out of school? But that's going to be long-term damaging. I can't help him to not feel sad either because it's natural that he feels worried and anxious about whether his parents are going to come pick him up. It's not like he has a handphone to call us, you know? But I just have to leave and deal with my own sadness and teach him that it's okay to feel sad, we will still come and pick you up. And eventually, that passed. And now he's super happy about going to school. He no longer feels that sadness about school. And I don't feel sad having to send him to school anymore because he enjoys it. So that's one instance when someone else's emotions transfers to you because you love the person, but yet you can't do anything about their situation to help them out of it. Yeah, and it, sometimes it's not helpless, but you could, I could have taken him out of school, but that would not have done him any good in the long term. Understand. The other one is what you said earlier, grief. Mm. What if grief when you lose a loved one, mm. when someone loses their loved one, what can we do about it? Is there anything to learn? I think there's nothing to learn, right? I have come to a position that when someone is grieving, I stand around. Yeah. I don't intervene. Correct. Mm. So I'll be like, I'm here for you. You don't need to do anything at this point in time. Grieve well, feel it, you know, and if you need the support, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Right? So that is giving them the assurance that they are not alone and just kind of be at the peripheral to watch out. Because you don't want to interject their grief process. Yeah. It's a, it, may, it may create frozen grief situations where down the road, wow, it's even you. worse. So because I, I have met people that have been in a frozen grief situation yes. and then they're just endlessly coping for all yeah. sorts of reasons, right? And uh, so my view is if you're grieving grief, right? And you will get all these bouts of emotions. They do come, they disturb come you. Go, yeah. They come and go and um, as a friend or as someone that cares sufficiently about the person, uh, just be around. No? So I'll be around. You need me, you let me know. I give you the permission to ask. But mm-hmm. I also ask for your permission to be around. Yeah. Right? And then we kind of go through this. There's no linear process. Yeah, flow in, with it. Yeah, flow with it. Uh, rather than try too hard to suppress it. Yeah, okay, great. Oh my God. It's so this like, the, the thing about sadness, right? Mm. I think to, to really also emphasize is that only in times of sadness 
then you appreciate the happiness that you have. Mm. And you won't appreciate happiness as much if you did not have that sadness. Relative, yes. Uh, there is so, some relativity. In correct, emotions. correct. And everything works in relative terms, right? Yeah, if yeah. you don't have a basis of comparison, it's harder to feel happy about your situation. Mm, yeah, I will, I, in, in closing for that, right, I think the relativity of emotions is also a kind of, you can, you can kind of take that from a view of how your palate also change over time. You know, when you're younger, you know, kids love sweets. You know, as you move on, you learn different flavors. Your palate also evolves. Mm. Same with emotions. Over time, your your palate for emotions also evolves, and you start to be able to appreciate nuance and some of these other things. Right? And I think that anchors the relativity of emotions, right? And yeah. as you learn how to control more, you, anger may not always have the, the pilot seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah other yeah. emotions start to yeah. take. Control yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, and, and work, work with the work with work with the emotions. I think mm-hmm. at the end, emotions are like your palette, right? Your color palette. You work with them. Yeah, you know, yeah they they work with you. And uh, yeah, please sponsor us, Pixar. <laughs> 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 yeah. In, in closing, a, a, any uh, last lines? Uh, one thing that you have. Does that inspire yeah. Mister Positivity yeah, yeah, to start yeah, talking? Yeah. To start talking about, about all these other emotions things. Yes. On I, your I, I, I am really doing that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because TikTok is very much. Uh, championing mental wellness and for good, right? And to mm. to not just uh, uh, keep the positive emotions and, and hide the negative emotions. So they email you, hey, Mr. Positivity, can you don't be so positive? <laughs> because I know oh, the, the I TikTok guys, that. they do I, yeah, that. Yes, I, yes, I yes, yes, that. yes. Um, but that, that, I mean, that comes from a place because they, they don't understand, you know, um, that they don't know how to deal with their own negative emotions, right? So they felt that maybe I'm being inauthentic. So it's un- perfectly understandable. I think my biggest takeaway today uh, for even knowing all this, is that emotions are neither good nor bad. Uh, they're there to teach us a lesson. If we can see that way, we will accept them and then we will, and, and, and then we will feel it. And as I said before, if you can't feel it, you can't heal. And, um, and pick up the lessons. That's nice. my takeaway. Done. Many, many, uh, amongst all the things that we've discussed, which mm. we, we talked quite a lot today, you know, um, what, what is one thing that you take away from that you didn't come in with? I think it was interesting figuring out that different emotions teach us different. And I always thought that every emotion teaches us something. But during our conversation today, I realised sadness doesn't necessarily teach us something. It just helps us to appreciate. I feel like a mirror. It shows you your wounds. It shows, yes. And it helps you appreciate the rest of the other. Exactly. So I love what you said about it being an energy that focuses you on your Mm. internal world. Mm. Yeah, that was the best part of it because yeah I I very seldom feel sad Mm. so to have that brought out during today's discussion and think back why did I feel sad what what could I have learned from that moment of sadness and I realised there were just some periods where you can't learn anything Mm. but it's really just that reflection Mm. yeah yeah great great and and I actually love that I love that one. Like, if you don't feel it, you can't heal. Yeah, if you can't yeah, feel it. Yeah, that needs to be our yeah. quote yeah, for this episode. For this episode. Hashtag, if you don't feel, you can't heal. Right? Yeah. Right? So I, and, and because I'm not a big fan of one-liners. <laughs> but you're a fan of this? Uh, exactly. Nice. Exactly. Wow. I hate one-liners because I think one-liners, they are too succinct. Mm. You know? And uh, you know, when, when they're too succinct, they, they don't help you go to but of course over time I realise you mm. know, one-liners have their function. Mm. Right? It's a reminder. And as someone that's kind of uh, spend a lot of effort in trying to understand emotions and all these kind of things. Yeah. I thought that was a great one. Oh, man. Nice. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, Thank thanks you all, for guys. tuning in to Wise and Shine and uh, we look forward to hearing from you next week. Yes. And yeah. hopefully the emotions that our episodes trigger is always happiness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
is so much for like you know uh, there's no negative emotions there. <laughs> but yeah if you have your own, if your stories you have stories to share with us please drop in the comment section and then maybe we could do one of those episodes where we kind of pick out the stories oh, and talk and then, to, and then share just kind of share our perspective share our ideas right? I'm actually so, really interested on the sadness stories because yeah, I realise yeah. you know after we hit a certain age we don't feel it as much mm-hmm. I, I do, I do, I do share that that viewpoint because you are more in in in. More I never control. realized until he was talking about his story. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, drop it in the comment section. We'll see all of you next week. Bye. Bye.